Caps it on, Jack! Greetings from inside the Simulacra. This is Captain Hicks, and we're ready to go on a journey that we always, we hoped it would never come to this, but after the last few phases, we knew that after the wonderful rise of Marvel Studios and the first phase with Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, uh, capitulating into the, the, the crescendo of uh, Avengers, Infinity Wars, and Endgame, that we had the potential to be where we are now after uh, phase four, Disney Plus, and all the mess. We are now at the end, and that is Marvel's. Now, is Disney going to learn from this mistake? I doubt it. I doubt this whole industry is going to learn from this mistake because they don't see it as a mistake. You know, I mean, if you understand the agendas, they are not about getting, um, you know, they're not they're not about storytelling. You know, if you understand Aristotle's method. You know, it's about characters, building characters. It's about plotting. It's about theme. And then, you know, the theme has become this agenda. And this agenda has, becoming, has become the overriding concern when it comes to, uh, you know, what we've been dealing with, with uh, the MCU for quite some time. And... You know, I want to I want to say a couple things about Marvel, Captain Marvel. Now, the first Captain Marvel was just perfectly positioned. It was that, you know, you remember, gosh, I remember there was all those years where we had the Cosby show. Right. And then we had Seinfeld. So we had Cosby show at eight o'clock, Seinfeld at nine. And whatever went into that slot between them, Veronica's Closet I remember Emma Thompson, not Emma Thompson, um, shoot, uh, Leah Thompson from uh, Back to the Future. She had a show and it did really well. Anything that went in that slot between Cosby Show and 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 Seinfeld did well. And that's what happened to, to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was highlighted at the end of Infinity War. That was the end credit scene, you know. We they made it really important. Samuel L. Jackson focused on that. And you know, we were just we were at a fever pitch loving our MCU content. And you know, the first phase was the first three phases were so laid out, and you gotta give it to Aziz and Ike, uh Pearl Perlmutter for laying that all out. It was all those guys, you know. Uh they laid it all out, and then um, they they put, um, you know, Lord Donner's coffee boy in in a in a prominent role because he he knew some things about Marvel comics supposedly, and then, you know, everything was mapped out for the first three phases, and they had that that committee in place to kind of monitor what Kevin Feige was doing. And he was he was really on a on a leash, and he he had adherence to quality and and storytelling mandates, plotting mandates, characterization man, what characters he used. He did push back some, and he had some wins, and that's really 
was the beginning of the end when he had the win with Black Panther, which was which was tr- tremendous. What they did with Wakanda was tremendous. Uh, and then the other success was to have a um, female-led, um, you know, brand with Captain Marvel's uh, Captain Marvel, which Marvel in the original comic was a man, but then he was he was gender swapped um, for Carol Danvers, and you know, I, I, I have to say I liked Brie Larson. I early on liked her and i thought she could be good in the casting the reason i thought she could be good is she was so excellent in the room i mean her career uh she started out really good kind of like jennifer lawrence remember early jennifer lawrence was so uh entertaining to watch you know she did that movie uh winter's bone and was it winter's bone something like that and she was so good and brie larson she started out really strong and, and, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened in Hollywood is social media. Cause you get to know these people and then you get all of this, all these interviews that are on uh, YouTube and we rewatch them. And, you know, she was really, really good. And I think just fame, I think message, I think she just, she's got a platform and she just kind of ran with it. And uh, she, she was just, she kind of played. I didn't like how she played Captain Marvel originally at all. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't even remember her in some of these things that are in her uh, bio. I don't remember her in Trainwreck. I don't remember in any. Oh, The Glass Castle. Dang, that was a good move. <laughs> that was really well done. Um, she had some chops. The Glass Caps uh, Castle. I didn't mind her. In in Kong Skull Island, I never saw Free Fire, but the room that was tremendous. So I was hopeful, and and there were some aspects that I really dug in um in 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 uh, Marvel. I liked, you know, I I liked all the Cree backstory, even though they gender flipped Marvel into Annette Benning. I you know I you you got I mean you're in a you're in a, a modern society nothing is going to stay exactly true to the original content so you have to give for a little bit of creative latitudes so I was okay with that I gave it a little bit but as it went it got more annoying the Mendelssohn character I felt like was underutilized. I felt like Samuel L. Jackson, Marvel's was when he started to go from somebody you really liked to somebody you were starting to get embarrassed by. And then all the way to Secret Wars where it just was total mockery of himself. Um, if, if I was Samuel L. Jackson, I would try to get all content after Endgame removed from every screen uh in in you know i would try to get a mandela effect going on on all that content because it was terrible and then the whole reason why he lost his eye with the kitty cat and there was a couple moments i liked in marvels but you know captain marvel but um so the anticipation for this movie was 
every you know all the fandom all the fanboys the neurotics and the, the the critical drinkers and and you know um valiance everybody knew this was coming but nobody thought it was going to be this bad we all thought it was going to be bad nobody thought it was going to be this bad where it opened with the lowest opening in mcu history below incredible hulk which incredible hulk hulk was uh partially distributed with uh universal so that wasn't like pure mcu but to be below everything else marvels everything uh, you know eternals uh everything that came before it 76 million dollar domestic gross opening um now you have to remember that the studio the studio that's a gross number the net is somewhere around 50 to 60 percent of that number international is worse international is 20 to 40 percent china China works out to be 25% uh, that you net, okay? So just being and even being kind and, and saying, okay, we're 35% on the international, we're 60% on the domestic gross uh, revenues and receipts going back to, to uh, Disney. This movie is going to, right now, today, netting $140 million. This movie costs... $275 million to make. Uh, that is not including the reshoots. Okay, so whenever they give a budget, they give you that number that it costs prior to the reshoots. They're going to put the reshoots in in a following quarter's earnings report. So you look at it, it's $375 million plus the, the marketing. And I've heard that the number... The, the number before reshoots was 400 million. 400 million before reshoots. So then if you add in the reshoots, it's 500 million. Now, most people don't understand this, but the film industry is subsidized. I mean, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's like our, you know, I can understand our farmers being subsidized, our teachers being subsidized, but our film industry is subsidized. Uh, so in California, 20 to 25% of a film's um, budget is uh, given back in a tax credit. Okay. So let's just say with that tax credit, this movie is at about 375 million net gross. Okay. So then after uh, it's, it's domestic run and international run worldwide run and say it, say it gets the 200 million total worldwide. Uh, we're looking we're looking at a loss out of around 290 million dollars a 200 million dollar 290 million dollar net loss after tax credits after factoring in the grosses after factor, factoring in the mar marketing budget will end up to be on the list of the biggest bombs of all time not only will it be a, on the list and this list is uh, adjusted for inflation. It will be the largest bomb in cinematic history. The largest recorded bomb. Now, you have to remember, all these studios have different motivations for these numbers. But you have to think, with Disney and where they're at, they're going to have to list as much of a loss as possible so that they can carry that forward 
uh, and and offset potential future gains, maybe even from some of the other parts of the PNL. Or you know, if you look at their revenue, uh, when it comes to um, you know the majority of their revenue comes from their networks, right? And where parks parks used to be as much as thirty three percent of their revenue as recent as 2020 but now parks because of the parks are down the revenue is closer to about 20 uh 26 percent so if you think about this this movie being the largest bomb potentially in history to beat john carner and uh gosh i want to say disney produced that uh i can't remember if it was Disney or Buena Vista or some, some other distribution. Oh, no. Walt Disney Studios did the distribution. So uh, the bombs are piling up for Disney. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But if you if you look at this, if if we are on the if we continue to be on the trajectory we're on, uh, Marvels is not gonna. It's not gonna do over 250 million uh, worldwide. It's not gonna do over 100 million domestically. It's more than likely gonna surpass John Connor. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, John John Carter as the worst bomb in the history of the Walt Disney Company. But here's the thing: people don't understand this. You know, when you look at what's going on in the box office box office is way way down now everything's adjusted for inflation now so everybody's thinking well the numbers aren't totally terrible but if you look at the yearly box office number right now that we're at 8 million so far year to date uh as of november 26th you know that number pales in comparison to where we were prior to the pandemic you gotta if let's just say we get to 10 million, if you look at the slate of films that are coming up, I do not believe we're gonna break 10 million. So if you think about it, adjusted for inflation, we're gonna be back at those 2008 numbers where far below number of ticket sales, this is twice the number of ticket sales that we have today because adjusted for inflation, the, the price of a, a, a film ticket is far higher now. So not only is uh, Marvel's a disaster um, financially, but what is it doing to the overall Disney brand? How, how much of a repercussion is that going to have for the parks and all of its merchandising? You think, who's buying the toys? And that was one thing that, that I heard from uh, some of the uh, other um youtubers uh, that we're talking about if you really want to know how these films are really really performing you got to take a look at the toy sales and almost all of these bombs that have been coming out kids are not buying the toys from ant-man indiana jones haunted mansion elemental little mer they're just not buying uh and we got you know is it now, is it just bad storytelling? In the case of the Marvels, it's definitely bad storytelling. You took a 
a franchise which had a a prime character, a lead character, and then you turned it into an ensemble with care. Mrs. Marvel was a, a terribly reviewed, underwatched show on Disney Plus. Um, the Monica Rambeau character on WandaVision was very, very forgettable. And outside of the first four episodes of Marvel uh, of WandaVision, it wasn't worth watching. So you've got two mediocre characters that team up with a very unlikable character. And not only was she unlikable on the screen, but the damage she did off screen with access media and in interviews and just her behavior, uh, you know, a lot of people refer to her as insufferable. She's just one of those people that it's hard to like. The only person that's least likable, you know, less likable than her is probably Rachel Ziegler, you know, but she's Brie Larson's up there, you know. Uh, Catherine Heigl and uh, there's 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 others out there that are pretty pretty uh, tough to to like, uh, but her is the lead and she loses the lead and she gets an ensemble and then we get this total piece of crap film, which it doesn't even know what it is. Is it a comedy? They're trying to do Thor Ragnarok and it's just not working. Uh, they're trying to they did a musical number that was so embarrassing it made the Kirkman uh tr or, I'm sorry it made the uh yeah it made Star Trek look uh halfway decent so um I I just think that we're at a point now where um with the MCU with echo is the next thing to drop which nobody wants to see echo echo was terrible in uh the uh, hawkeye series and nobody wants to see echo i mean that is just checking every single box in the world except for entertainment escapism and it's, it's not even a very um uh interesting character i mean it's definitely it's not even b-list it's c d-list of uh the marvel characters so i just think we're getting to this point where they're going to have to make major changes. Now, they've already fired uh, Nia DaCosta, right? Um, each one of these actors, well, the, the Brie Larson has attacked uh, the toxic fandom. Uh, Ayman Vellani has attacked Marvel, uh, the C-suite and executive branch of Marvel, and Iger, and those types, which... I, I got to give it to her. I mean, ultimately, it's like any organization, like a football franchise. It's ultimately the top of the organization that is to blame. So I think Iman is right about that. Um, you know, the 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 characterization of the villain was in, in incredibly bad. At first, the first kind of couple scenes I saw of this, I thought it was like a uh mirror mirror episode with just like the anti brie larson because they, they kind of have a similar look a little bit she's a little darker but similar kind of facial structure and i thought oh my did they just did they just do a you know a, a you know the fly pod version or the the mirror mirror version of brie but this thing didn't work. Everybody knows it didn't work. I mean it's obvious the box office tells us everything you need to know. 
Uh, but what are they going to do going forward? I mean, Brie Larson seems to think that uh, the door is open for something else in the future. I don't see how that could be possible after this and the potential of being the worst bomb in, in MCU history. Um, I think this, 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 fran- this, this iteration of the uh, franchise is over. It's kind of like where we're at with DC once gun came in and he, he, he kind of, you know, shot the rest of these movies in the foot, like the flash and Aquaman and Shazam. But he, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Bad storytelling. If you're not telling good stories, David Mamet always says, storytelling is all about getting your tribe on the same page on, with an interesting tale around the fire. It's the campfire story. Right? And the people tend to like the people that tell the best stories around the campfire. And the ones that they, they tell the next day are the ones that resonate with people. That's what good storytelling is, right? Character development, plotting, you know, creating a spectacle, you know, having good music, having having good effects and having a good theme. But that theme can't be some type of uh, ESG score item. Can't be DEI. We can't just hire people because of the color of their skin or their gender or their sexual orientation it has to be about talent. I don't care what color, creed, or, or uh, orientation you are. It's all about talent. And that's who should get the job. Most talented. It's like a restaurant. If you go to a restaurant and the, the, the owner of the restaurant and the cook and the chef of the restaurant are complaining because the, the, the customers are not coming to the restaurant because they're stupid. And they don't know what good food is that, you know, if they come to a, an Italian restaurant and you're serving Indian food, they're not coming back. If they come into the restaurant expecting one thing and then they get a totally another thing. Think of the the trailer on this movie. They dolled this trailer up to have Thanos and the original adventures and they they misled the public about what this and it was going to be a continuation of that storyline no it was space balls it was space balls 2.0 and uh, a lot of the same themes from that movie so this was a blight an embarrassment coupled with um you know the losses of this you i mean you got to just wonder what's going on with disney i i don't something is going to happen either uh they're going to sell this IP. Um, they're going to, or they're going to be bought. I mean, they got Nelson Peltz is ready to take another stab at this thing. And Ike Pullmutter has pulled in with him. Supposedly, uh, Lucas is involved. Uh, supposedly, they have enough that when, and with enough of these bombs, and, 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 you know, of, you know, the last 10 movies, most of them have bombed uh, from Disney. It's not just MCU movies. It's which Ant-Man, even though you see this big number here, 463, they, oh, that's a huge number. No, because it cost a 
$200 million to make this movie. That's not including the reshoots, massive reshoots on this movie. Marketing. So it needed to, this budget is at least $400 million after tax credits, call it $320. This number is going to crystallize to be this. This is basically $107 million-ish. Call it $125 million. And then you get a third of this number. So you're you're looking at a, at least a hundred million dollar loss on Ant Man, okay? Then one of the big, the biggest bomb in history prior to Marvels is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which was another, another just emasculation of one of our most iconic. For me, this was such a travesty because. Harrison Ford is my favorite actor of all time. You know, we we all grew up with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Han Solo, Blade Runner, Deckard. I mean, but just to see what has gone on with Harrison, that he agreed to let Han Solo get killed the way he did, that he allowed the this the this the the fedora to be passed to Fleabag is just unbelievable. Well, what a massive. This supposedly this budget is off by 200 million. The reshoots were almost 200 million. So this was 500 million plus the marketing. Uh, this is like 700 million, but it did gross a lot more than the Marvels. So I think it's still, it, it very well, we could be looking at a one, two worst flop in history happening within months of each other by Disney this year. So, but you've got a massive flop in Indy, a massive flop in Marvels. Then you got Ant-Man, which was another, I wouldn't call it a bomb, but it's going to lose money. It's going to lose a hundred million dollars is a bomb. It's going to be on the all time uh, flop list. Um, another movie that lost a lot of money was Haunted Mansion. Uh, I, I barely scraped in 114 worldwide with a production budget of 157. This very well. I don't know anything about the reshoots. I don't know exactly what the marketing budget is on this. Very could well could be on Wikipedia for the worst bombs of all time. Um, and then you got Elemental. This movie cost 200 million dollars. Now. Again, this looks better. It's kind of like uh, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid and Elemental look like they made a lot of money. But when you net, net, net it out, they're both going to lose. I don't think they're going to lose much more. They're not going to lose over $100 million a piece, but they're going to lose between $50 to $100 million a piece, both of these films. The problem with Disney, really, is... They don't have that committee in place that used to manage budgets, manage quality, keep people like Kathleen Kennedy, like or like Kevin Feige in check. In check. Kathleen Kennedy has never really had a, a, a any uh, fulcrum to be put in place to keep her in check, and that's why that's why Star Wars died first. You had Star Wars died, and then you had. Uh, a, a situation where Pixar was dying 
and then you have Disney animation is dying, and then now it's the MCU is dying. All of these uh, brands are near dead uh, on a respirator. Plus, not only do these do we have a failure with the Marvels, but you know these studios just they can't get. The next day, the day after the first weekend, it was hilarious. They had the uh, Madam Web uh, trailer that was released. And it just, it was like, ah, more of the same. And then we get an announcement that Pedro Pascal is going to be Mr. Fantastic. Now, do I like Pedro Pascal? Yes, I really, I thought he was incredible in um, the Nick Cage movie. Uh um that he that was probably my favorite of his and i you know there's some aspects i like him as joel and other not in the last of us and and mando first two seasons before um it got it got stolen was pretty good uh he's terrible in the wonder woman movie gosh he was just absolutely awful in that but for the most part i like pedro but pedro as reed richards can you miscast it anymore and Sue Storm is going to be James Gunn's wife? No. No. I'm sorry. No. That's not that is not going to work for me. But most importantly, they doubled down and they announced that Silver Surfer, the Silver Surfer is going to be gender flipped into a woman. It's like you've just lo- you just lost everybody in Marvels and then you're going to continue with these announcements. Pedro Silver Surfer Gun's wife, as Susan, just all these, and yeah, we could get petty about these things. The fandom is very fickle. I understand that, and we, but you know, if you if you open that restaurant and you're serving Italian food, you want to serve the best Italian food, you know, with the big meatballs and the good red sauce and the great Alfredo, and you know, bring in that French bread or that that uh, you know, but you just make that. That, that ambiance i want some music i want i want it all you know we you know we're we're fickle we're you know we're we're americans that's that's what we 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 want good things we want things done well and uh we're just we've just lost all hope we've just lost all hope uh, you know that's why i don't have a disney plus subscription anymore uh i'm not going to any marvel movies anymore uh this is the end and um i hope my biggest hope is that they sell these IPs or um, you've got a, a Nelson Peltz takeover, which is probably potentially going to happen. But if they take it, everybody's like, oh, we're going to get Peltz to do it and he's going to save the day. They're going to sell it to Apple. <laughs> okay. Have you seen Apple's content? Apple's content is no less ESG. DEI, virtue signaling, and, uh, you know, um, you know, identity politics all day long on there. So I don't think that's going to get any better going to Apple. It's probably even worse in some way because, <laughs> so, you know, Apple has a core business model to fund it. Apple Plus is, a, is an afterthought. Uh, Amazon Prime is an afterthought, right? Disney Entertainment is their core business. And 
It is the biggest revenue driver. A lot of people think, oh, it's the parks, it's the parks, it's the parks. And I thought so until I really looked into it. It was the parks. The parks are great for net operating income, but it's not the biggest driver of revenue on this uh, ship. So, uh, and, and the big thing is that there's a certain point where BlackRock and Vanguard and Fidelity and State Street are no longer going to be able to prop up this dud. And what will happen is what happens always after the woke go broke, they start to cannibalize themselves. And I think that's where we're at. But I am hopeful and I hope that Nelson Peltz um, is able to shake things up over there. It's time for Iger to go. Uh, and I, you know, I wasn't a huge Chapek fan, but I prefer Chapek to Iger 2.0. At least Chapek was trying to, to, to navigate out of some of the, the hostile waters. But uh, it, I think Disney is a dead brand. I really, truly do. I think the best days have been behind Disney. And I think what we'll see is new opportunities for new creatives in other, um, uh, you know, media companies or, or new independents. I think this is going to be uh, a period of time, especially with the budgets coming down with Disney and and probably uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, and, and I think it's the death of the... Um, um, you know, the big superhero movie. But I think we're going to go back to independence. I think independence have a lot of opportunity right now. And uh, I think we're going to just move on to other IPs. And it's sad, but at least we got to see the first three phases of Marvel. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we have a Deadpool 3 that's going to be good. Maybe there's a couple little nuggets out there, hopefully. Um but for the most part, I think the super the 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 peak superhero is way behind us, as a lot of us, and they talk about Cape Fatigue. But I think it's more than that. It's just like the Western had its time. The epic had its time. Uh you know, we we you know the, the comedy had its time, right? I mean, there's no there's no way you can have comedy uh like uh wedding crashers or the hangover anymore and just get canceled faster than a you know, the Robert Kennedy at a, at a, at a pharma event. But I just think we're at a point where we're going to be transitioning to other content. And I think a lot of it is going to be uh, indie and I'm, I look forward to what we're going to see from the indies going forward. So, um, but never forget. Open. Probably wide 